like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. Heather, how you doing? Doing pretty well. I'm feeling a bit stir crazy, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't you we know? all? Aren't um, we all? Yes, we are. So we've been doing some spring cleaning here at Johnson Manor, and I ran across the other day a file folder box, one of those you know big boxes with the handles, full of stories and books that my kids made when they were young, and even a handful that other kids uh, from the the community center I used to 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 direct wrote, and I started reading through them, and they were delightfully silly and touching and goofy and fun and creative and it's just I just thought maybe we could talk about kids and writing and and how we go about that and since you're you're like a famous author I thought maybe you'd have some ideas oh yeah no this is my one of my I mean if you I love books I love writing I love kids you put them all together what could be better so jump in. What are, you, what are your thoughts on, on kids and creative writing and, and how we should be supporting it? Yeah, well, kids and writing. Um, and I'm talking about um, kids who are way too young to write their names. And I'm talking about kids in preschool, kids in kindergarten, kids in elementary school, um, all, all young kids. What writing is, is play. It's just another form of play. And so... It's all about feelings and emotions, and it's all about creativity um, and, and play. So writing, I think, sometimes gets put in that category of schoolwork. You know, this is how you hold the pencil. This is how you, you, you have to write an essay, and it has to start with a thesis statement and all that. Well, writing for children, I mean, when you're a child and you're beginning to learn to write and tell a story and, and express yourself, it's just another form of play. And so I think if, if we approach it that way, we're gonna be a lot more open to everything that kids write about because yeah, their humor comes out, their weird ideas come out, it's just fascinating. Um, so first of all, with kids and writing, please get away from the fact that it has to do with paper and pencils and computer screens. Writing is actually not anything to do with that. Writing is about the storytelling and the ideas themselves. And that's why writing starts before a child can read or write. Writing is, um, you may be writing it down, it's a dictated story, uh -huh. but they're telling the story and they realize the power of you writing it down is because you can get exactly what they said, you know, 
<laughs> carved in stone, so to speak. So I love hearing um, it's like a three-year-old or four-year-old storytelling is say, hey, how did your story begin? And then you can write it down for them. Um, but their, their play is just coming out and it's just in a different form. Um, so get away from the, oh, you, you know, you didn't draw your E correctly. Someday they will have to learn to draw an E and maybe that if you're not homeschooling yourself, you can put that job aside to the teachers. But what's very hard to do with adult writers is to recapture that voice. They're always mm -hmm. talking about, you know, we want that singular voice of those creative ideas. Well, that's what we're so good at drumming out of kids. So as we teach kids to write and as we get them excited about reading and writing, we just need to keep alive the fact that this is really exciting stuff. It's a way of expressing yourself. It's just different than taking toys and manipulating them with your fingers. So that, that capitalized first word of the sentence and the right punctuation mark at the end of the sentence aren't necessarily that important when it comes to, to capturing stuff at the, well, at the beginning? You have to learn some of those things at some point. And, yeah. But it doesn't, you want to let it just pour out. And if you're, if you're, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, that stuff doesn't really matter. Um, you can begin, you know, kids will begin to get a hang of that. Um, but the story has to come first because it's, it, it gets them excited about writing in the first place. Yeah. Why, why learn about capitalization if you have nothing to say? We don't <laughs> turn off the something to say part before they get hooked on it. You know, it's the same with reading. Um, it takes kids and, you know, some kids, including some of mine, a lot longer than others to read. Uh-huh. But you want to keep that interest and spark in it alive. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of settings have a habit of drumming that right out of children because they they start they they focus more on on the finished product than the process. And I mean, this it, like it, it is all about process over over the finished product. It's about like you said, getting that getting that story out there and and the form doesn't really matter as much as as the 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 going through the the telling of the story the creating of the of the story whatever it is right and you know at some point say i remember in fifth grade our fifth grade teacher would after we'd written our story uh, not all of them but sometimes she'd say this one deserves to be you know um framed on the wall and framed meant you put construction paper on the back of it cut it out in a really neat shape and copied it out in your best writing with as much capitalization as you could remember um, and then it would go on the wall so if if and usually people wanted to do that she was a suggestion from her like this one really deserves going up but so we did try to get it looking good because there's a sense of pride mm -hmm. but otherwise you're just writing to get it out of you um, and that that kids can know that this is a world that we invite you into too you know, people who have books in the library and people who have books on the bookshelf aren't the only people who can tell stories. Your stories are just as fascinating as anybody's. So just having that be one more avenue where their play can come out. And I think this gets me into um, topics too, just how there's some kinds of play that we shut down. <laughs> You know, oh, we don't do that kind of play. You know, uh -huh. the dinosaurs need to be friends or don't have it be so violent or can't you just you know, love and peace and all yeah. that. So there's some kinds of play that we shut down. There's a lot of story ideas that we shut down too. 
Absolutely. Uh, we, we get uncomfortable with them. And I mean, if those, those topics are coming out of those little people's heads, they're just by the fact that they exist worth exploring. Absolutely. And I, I hear comments from teachers and parents saying, well, there's some darkness in his writing. I'm thinking, okay, well, good. It's coming yeah. out. <laughs> uh, but don't be scared of whatever topics are there. And if you are kind of concerned about some of the topics, the way you might be in a child's play, just um, say, wow, I see there's a lot of, you know, um, accidents with people's legs coming off or whatever it is and say, I wonder how you thought of that. And and if you're curious, I'm sure they'll tell you because you're taking an interest uh -huh. in their story idea. But I wouldn't get scared of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I mean, there's usually, there's usually probably not a lot of there there when we start worrying and overreacting about those kind of things. Right. And also kids often, they like an exciting story. So if there's a kid who really likes action and plays a lot of action in their uh, physical play, then in their writing, they're probably going to gravitate towards a thriller or an action story. Yeah. And, and the stories that they hear have a lot of maybe battles or whatever it has in it. So they might put in a, a bunch of exciting things. Um, just ask them if you're curious, you know, oh, and usually the answer is I want to make a really exciting adventure. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they, then they love that. And they, I, I love the, I don't know if it, kind of qualifies as writing the story creating the collaborative storytelling that that you can do with kids and you just get around you sit down and you start telling a story together and everybody adds their characters and their 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 bits and pieces of of the of the story and it unfolds and there's there's maybe a little bit of bickering and arguing but everybody's approaching it as play like you talked about at the beginning and so most of those things are pretty easily resolved and you move forward with a story that is is more than it probably would have been if it would have been one person working on it right and i think that's partly just because of the age group that it's hard to sustain some kids have quite a lot of focus early but a lot of us don't <laughs> and so you can if you team up with one person or a group you can have a story that that actually goes and has more of a life just like a game sometimes can go day after day or week after week with the same group of kids they get right back into that same play yeah. action you can get back into the same um, storytelling action sometimes I do this um, just orally you know you take turns telling the next bit of the story and sometimes you can do it where you write it down um, depends on the age of the child. They might have a turn with the pen and write down their next bit, or maybe you write it down for them, as long as it's fun. So yeah. you, whichever way is the most fun, that's the way you do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On one of my, my, my speaking trips to Australia, we were gone for, I don't know, six or eight weeks. And, and one of the things I was going to miss the most was, was telling stories with, with uh, granddaughter Rowan. And so what we ended up doing is, is via, via videos we sent each other, we started telling a story and I would, I would do a minute or two and she would send me back a video with another minute or two of the story. And then so over, over weeks of that trip, we exchanged those stories. And so it's not something you even have to be face-to-face -to, -face to, to, to do? No, you don't at all. Back in the old days when I was a kid, <laughs> I, would, I would send letters with a story to one of my aunts, and then she would write back with the next letter, and of course, it would take a long time. <laughs> <laughs> the stories would go inch by inch, but they, it was something that was a bond that, that sustained us. 
Um, and with one of my sons, I wrote a story that I think it took us almost a year because we didn't work on it all the time, but we'd uh -huh. get it out in spurts and I'd write a page, then he'd write a page and it ended up all over the place from, you know, the milk barn with all the milk machines going nuts, squirting milk everywhere to very big demons flying in the sky. There was all, we were all over the place, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, there's another podcast I do, which is pretty much a collaborative story podcast. And we recorded episodes the other night that had uh, you, centicorns, uh, unicorn-based uh, centaurs. Um, and that, that wasn't part of the plan when we started the show almost a year ago, but it happened. So again, it's that process. It's that, that, that collaborative effort, that, that willingness to, to kind of just see where things go. Um, there's so for a, you oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, for young kids, often writing the story means that they draw the picture and then tell you what to write. Yeah. So yeah. Writing, writing isn't necessarily, again, about the pen or the pencil. It's about the storytelling and their ideas. And then you might help them get the words out. Um, yeah. I, I've had this experience that I think a lot of, maybe not a lot of, some early learning professionals are kind of uncomfortable with with this process, partly because I think the school system beat the creativity out of them. I've had people actually tell me that. Um, one session I do, we talk about about fantasy and imaginative play, and we talk about storytelling as part of that. And and one activity we do is we break into small groups, and I tell them create a story. Here's here's three or four things that need to be in the story. Build a story around those things. And I've had people come up and say, Jeff, I I don't know how to imagine. And it doesn't happen often um, to that extent, but I've also had people that have, have really struggled with the idea of, of making something up. And maybe it's because we're in a conference room in a hotel and they're feeling kind of put on the spot. But I think people do kind of sometimes have a hard time with that imaginative piece themselves. And, and so it makes it difficult, challenging for them to do it with children. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the same with play as you say they haven't imagined anything for a long time so if we feel as grown-ups distanced from play we're going to feel distanced from writing because it's the same thing yeah it's stuff that's inside ideas and feelings um, and adventures that need to come out so the more fun you can make it and you don't have to do it at all if the kid isn't interested but chances are they're going to have some story idea because we read a lot of books to kids and they want to you know they want to make a mini book they'll staple pages together and they might be all blank inside but they mm -hmm. want to make a book so um i made a lot of books that were stapled with wallpaper covers and i made ones that were um because back then wallpaper was a big thing and there are all these samples of wallpaper yeah. that would come into our classrooms and we would use them <laughs> for our book covers um or cardboard covers or then we would the special ones we would sew a binding and put cloth around the cardboard uh -huh. and make it really nice yeah so yeah. A lot of kids do gravitate towards, you know, it's like playing kitchen. It's like playing anything. You're playing real life. And when you see books in your world, you want to create books. At least a lot of us do. Yeah. And for some, for some kids, it's like that they want to play with the dump truck in the sandbox. But when they grow up, they actually aren't that interested in dump trucks anymore. So some kids will want to play books and then later really not be interested. But when they're young, that's part of their world. It's like there's a banana on the counter, they wanna play with 
play food, they also want to play with playbooks. So it's it's a normal part of the environment for kids and let them be part of it. Yeah. What do you think about capturing these stories instead of an adult writing down the story or, or kids doing their best? What do you think about capturing them with, uh, with technology, whether it's audio recordings or video or that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's a different part of the brain. I think it's, um, there's all kinds of ways to capture our ideas and our feelings and our, you know, if, if um, kids are certainly used to having their parents phone out, taking little videos of themselves, there's nothing wrong in oral storytelling either. Um, it's not quite the same as manipulating the words for writing, but it's, it, there's nothing, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. rule that out. And a lot of kids are doing that at a younger and younger ages. Yeah, and there, there's worse things you could be doing with the technology probably than, than capturing something you were creating. Right, anything that you create, whether it's cardboard boxes that you've made a house out of, you know, or your own story idea, it's as long as it's play and it's creation and it's something you're interested in doing, then... Yeah. I mean, the argument can probably be made that, that, I mean, some of that stuff we don't even need to capture. It's just the process, again, process over product. It's the process of, of building those stories and, and having them as a creator, have somebody listen, and then it maybe floats off into the universe and they build another story the next week. Because kind of like all their drawings, you don't need to save all of it. Right. And, you know, kids also like to have, especially in families where they have bedtime stories every night, um, maybe there's one story that's off the shelf, you know, professionally published, and one is one that they wrote and that you read, every, you know, so yeah. that they have a bunch of stapled books. You can read one of their stories by having it be part of real life. It, it can be an extra joy that way. Yeah. Any, any final thoughts on this topic before we wrap up this episode? Oh, well, I thought that since I love writing and encouraging kids to write, um, I was encouraged by a lot of people, and now um, I'm thrilled that The Griffins of Castle Carey, which is my first children's fiction book, has just got a huge award. Um, it is the best book for 2019 of children's fiction as judged by um, judges um, for 12 states in the Midwest. So it's a big Midwestern, and they looked at books that were entered in the contest um, for 12 states from the Society of Midland Authors. It was just announced on Monday. Well, so, congratulations. Uh, yeah, though they did cancel the banquet. Oh, you don't get to have some chicken. Well, I don't know what they would serve, but it was <laughs> going to be in Chicago downtown, you know, back when we can have big bunches of people uh -huh. and good speeches and stuff in a room. Now they're going to mail the che award check and the plaque just in the U.S. mail. Oh. Then I'll have to disinfect it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to. <laughs> Tell them you don't want to check. You want to, you want an electronic funds transfer. That's a little bit, a little bit more virus friendly. But sometimes I think that the reason I find writing probably the most fun of anything I do, is just when I write, I can get lost for five or six hours. And then I kind of come up for air and remember I need to eat lunch. Um, and when I come out, my brain just feels all tingly from, uh, it feels excited rather than if I'm sitting in front of the computer answering emails, my brain goes into a stupor. So it's that it's spark of, of creating that, that comes to me after I write. But I think that's because I was encouraged to play with learning all the way, really, till middle school. Yeah. Um, all my elementary school was play-based and no homework and no desks and no textbooks and just get it out, get the feelings out, get the ideas out. And I think that's why I'm able to 
right now is because that was never squashed. And to me, it was always a joy. And so it continues to be a joy. And it's really fun to be able to spread it to other people now. Uh, you can't go wrong with that. And I th so I guess the takeaway is, is keep writing joyful in those early years. Make it something that is fun and engaging and playful in, in the fact that it is, it is, like you said at the very beginning of this episode, full of play. And that getting lost in the, the doing of the thing is one of the uh, conditions of play that uh, Peter Gray seen, talks about. You should have seen my early spelling. <laughs> but I went to an elementary school that didn't care about spelling and so eventually it's mostly got sorted out as you know as I got older but yeah um, I had the stories written down but boy it's oh hard. yeah I, I from third grade on I never passed a spelling test Miss Lamb knocked that knocked that interest in spelling right out of me but I've done a little bit of writing too and it's it's when you don't focus on that so much and you focus on that creative process you you go a lot further and keep the kids interested a lot longer should we wrap this one up? Yeah, so right on. Right on. This has been another episode of Renegade Rules. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing the show with a friend. And, uh, and uh, if you, you do some creative, uh, some creative writing and, and want to share it, share it. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. There's an episode. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.